morning. We begin our worship with uh, turning to the Psalms for a word of praise on this glorious day. Our psalm reading this morning is from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 18. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. So, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul.
Today we are turning to two scriptures. The first is from the Old Testament from the prophets. It is from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Our second reading is from the epistles of the New Testament. We're turning to 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, starting with the second part of verse 5 through verse 7. And all of you must clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, You invite us to humble ourselves in front of you. Sometimes that is so hard for us to do, to let go of the things that we think that we're supposed to do, the things that stroke our egos, the things that make us feel good about the ways that we use our time. But take our attention off of you. Be with us as we look at what it means to humble ourselves in your presence and how we might live our lives differently from that place of humility. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Over the course of the last few months, we've been talking about setting a course for a better life thinking about how we might live in the world in such a way that our lives are transformed 
And this month, we've been focusing on the aspect of service, going from a perspective of serve us or serve me to service and serving others. And we've been doing that by looking at the scripture of Micah 6.8. You have heard Pastor Walt read Micah 6.8 just a couple moments ago. And if you know me, I like to give you a couple different translations. And I haven't done that yet in this sermon series, so I'm going to do that now. Micah 6.8, as it's translated in the message, reads like this. But God's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbors. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. As we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and walk humbly with God, that's what it's all about. Not taking ourselves too seriously and instead taking God seriously and looking for the ways in which God is active and alive in our lives. Over the course of my message today, I'm going to look at a couple different dynamics. One, our relationship between us and God, and then how we interact with the world out of that relationship with God. Over the last several weeks, I've shared my analogy of GPS, or our God positioning system, which is the Holy Spirit. It's that spirit that guides us and directs us. And when we humble ourselves and walk humbly with God, we are more attuned to that GPS. We're more aware and ready to hear what God has to say to us. We're more ready to accept when we make mistakes, when we've gone off path, when we need to be rerouted or redirected. And we take that time to be in prayer so that God can recalculate our route and send us on the path that we need to go so that one, we might be the people that God hopes us to be, and two, we might be in the right place at the right time to be God's ambassadors, to represent God's light to a world that needs it so desperately. As we take the time to be humble with God, we honor who we are at our most vulnerable, at our weakest, maybe at our most sincere, where we admit to God who we are, the mistakes that we've made, and the insecurities that we have. We take the time to live in God's presence, to relish how God is working in our lives and helping us to be the people that we want to be. I think that so often we struggle with the concept of humility because in our society, people look at humility as something that is equated to low self-esteem or insecurity. And that's not what humility at its best is about. Humility at its best is not thinking less of ourselves, but simply thinking of ourselves less. It gives us the ability to let go of this idea that somehow we are the center of 
the narrative of this world. We may be the center of our lives, but we are one small piece in God's amazing universe. And we have the opportunity to recognize that even though we're one small piece of a universe that is huge, that God spent as much time thinking about the intricacies of our very being, the workings of our bodies and the ways in which everything operates and works together, as God did in creating this planet, this world, and this galaxy in which we live in. I don't know about you, but that is something that humbles me each and every time I think about it. It's something that reminds me time and again that while I'm a small piece, I'm a piece that God thought about in detail and that God cares about me. It also causes me to think that if God cares about me and there's how many other people in the world, actually, Mark just asked, Mark, my son, he's, he's a five-year-old twin, he, he asked me how many people were living in the world today. And I believe that our Alexa told us that there's 7.4 billion people on the earth. If I think about the fact that God spent as much time thinking about each and every one of those people as he did thinking about me, it reminds me that each and every person is valuable and important to God. Oh, what an amazing world we live in. What an amazing God we have. How might it be that we take the time to be humble, to listen for God, to look for God, to let go of some of the control that we think that we need so that we might truly embrace how God is calling us to live in the world. And the more connected that we are in God, as I said, the more we're connected to our GPS system, the more we hear when God is present in our lives and inviting us into newness and new opportunities. But it also reminds us that God is present to us in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our grief. So I want to tell you about a song that you'll hear in a little while. Jenny played the piece on the piano, and you'll have the opportunity to listen to the song. And I'm going to give you the words in just a second, but I want to give you a little bit of background on the words. Horatio G. Spafford wrote, It Is Well With My Soul, um, at a pivotal point in his life, when he was going through some emotional hardships, and I want to tell you a little bit about his story. He and his wife lived in Chicago and lived through the Great Fire of Chicago in 1871. They had had many business ventures there, and he ran a law office, and both the properties that they owned and the law office uh, were lost in the fire. He and his wife were faithful individuals, and they were still devout in their faith, and they wanted to go support um, their family back in Europe, so they decided to take a trip to Europe. But as they were about to get on the ship to go back to England, the Horatio discovered that he needed to stick around uh, to deal with some financial downturns that were impacting his family and his business ventures at the time. So he sent his wife and his four daughters ahead of him while he was delayed with those business concerns. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel, the Loch Ern, and all four 
Baffords, daughters, died. His wife Anna survived and sent him a now famous telegram that had a very short phrase in it, saved alone. Shortly afterwards, Horatio traveled to meet his grieving wife. And while he was visiting with her and while they were processing their new realities, they wrote, or he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And the words read like this. They may even scroll across your screen as I'm reading them to you. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bless of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. The refrain in between each of those verses is a simple one. It says, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. It has to be someone who is truly connected to God and lives in that place of humility and recognition of the need of God at all times to be able to write a song like that in the midst of grief and mourning. Horatio was someone who was able to stay in contact with God and to stay in relationship in such a way that he grew even in the midst of his heartache. He saw light shining through the darkest hours, reminding him that his God was present to him and that his God was loving him even as he struggled to recognize what was next for them. You can learn more about Horatio and his wife and the exciting life that they led by doing just a little bit of research, but they continued on their path of staying faithful and committed to God. And for that, we give thanks. Each of us has our own stories that we need to lay at the foot of the cross, to give to God, to recognize the ways in which we are struggling, the ways in which we are wondering what our purpose and our direction are, the ways in which we have been focused on our to-do list and our schedules instead of focusing on God. We've been reading a book entitled Shift 2.0 by Phil Maynard, and he says this about people of faith in a church who lives as Micah 6-8 people. He says, imagine a congregation where the disciples are walking humbly with their God. They are engaged in spiritual practices, living lives that bring honor and glory to God, building relationships with others, with those outside of the church, using their God-given gifts and graces to serve others, sharing generously the resources that God has provided. He also says that Disciples who are following the act of being humble and walking humbly with God 
that their hearts break when God's heart breaks over the needs of God's people. They find joy in the very things that bring God joy. They are walking humbly with their God. This is the type of disciple that responds joyfully to the needs that God puts in their path. As we walk humbly with God, as I said before, there are times where God chooses us to be the ambassadors, to do justice, to love kindness and mercy in such a way that people's lives are transformed and our lives are transformed in the process. It's that recognizing that we think less of ourselves or less about ourselves. We think highly of ourselves, but less about ourselves so that we can take care of the needs of others. We have the heart that goes to do what God wants us to do. There are so many things that are out of our control at this time period. We can't control how other people's, people respond to the restrictions that we've been advised to live by. We recognize that some people aren't maintaining the social distancing that we think is appropriate. We see the ways in which we can't work the ways that we've been working in the past, that we can't function the ways that we have in the past, that we can't worship in the ways that we're accustomed to. But there are some things that are in control that we can be in control of. We can choose how we respond to the restrictions. We can choose whether or not we're going to let this be a period of anxiety and stress for us or if we are going to turn to God and say, Lord, I humble myself in front of you and trust that you will be with me through all of this. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what the outcome is, you will be there with me. And for that, I say thank you, Lord. And I continue to take your hand just as a child takes their parent's hand and walk with you knowing that you will lead me on the paths that I need to be on. We can control that by letting go of the noise and the chaos and appreciating the new calm and slowness that we have in our lives to take a deep breath and to recognize the blessings that we have been given even in the midst of these trying and difficult times. I came across a poem that one of the members of our church posted on her Facebook page by a woman named Laura Kelly Fanucci. And it reads like this, when this is over, may we never again take for granted a handshake with a stranger, full shelves at the store, conversations with neighbors, a crowded theater, the taste of communion, a routine checkup, the school rush each morning, coffee with a friend, the stadium roaring, each deep breath, a boring Tuesday, life itself. When this ends, may we find that we have become more like the people that we wanted to be, we were called to be, we hoped to be, and may we stay this way, better for each other because of the worst. I would be lying if I said that this was not a stressful time period when we are in a period of unknown, but we have some things that we know for sure, that we have a God who loves us, a God who walks with us and will be with us. We 
know that we are called to be community and we will find ways as a community to worship together, to gather electronically or via over the, via over the phone, seriously, or over the phone. You can keep that in there, Paul. It's all good. Um, find ways that we can stay in communication and know that community is not just something that happens when we see each other face to face, but it's a sincere love and appreciation for each other that reaches out to say, I miss you, I care about you, and I know that our Lord cares about you too. And in those recognitions, we recognize that we're called to walk humbly with our God, but we're also called to do justice and love kindness. And we will find the ways to make sure that everyone is taken care of and nurtured in this season. We will do our best to make sure that resources and supplies get to those that are in need. We will make sure that we are the body of Christ, living in the world, representing God to those that need it most. If you are struggling right now, don't hesitate to reach out to us because we love you. We want to support you. We want to be in prayer for you or even if it's bring groceries over to your house, we will bring groceries over to your house and drop them off on your doorstep so that we maintain that level of social distancing and keep everyone's germs to a minimum. We will find ways to be community together. I hope and pray that each and every one of us find ways to humble ourselves before God in this season, placing our trust in God, letting go of some of the unknowns, and knowing that God will be with us come what may. And I hope that as we continue to think about the realities of service, that we can serve those within our congregation, but we can also work to make sure that we're taking care of everyone in our larger community. That when we look at Micah 6.8, when we remember what we're supposed to do, we remember that it's quite simple. To do what is fair and just to your neighbor, to be compassionate and loyal in your love. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Amen. As I said before, we're finding many ways to do community differently. 
So I want to encourage you to check your emails and see the ways in which we're setting up group sessions for us to be in conversation with each other, to meet up with each other. If the computer is not your thing, we will find another way to be in conversation with you. Don't feel like you are isolated. Don't feel like you are alone. Just because we're distancing ourselves physically from each other, we are together in this. We will be with you. We will virtually walk by your side. And remember this. Rooted in love, nurtured in love, live your life in love. Confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love, goes with you each and every day, whether it's in your house or out into the world, to radiate light to a world that needs it. Amen. Oh